0: I was reading last week that they are predicting an olive oil shortage in 2016. In Italy, the olives have been attacked by a disease. In Spain, there was a drought. If you have planted olive trees, you know, it might be your year. There's a worldwide shortage of of olives coming, apparently. That's not all, though. Apparently, we are also heading into a 10-year shortage of single malt whisky. If you're not into whiskey or olive oil, what about coffee? Experts are saying we could be heading into a coffee shortage in the next three years. I wonder what would be the worst shortage for you? A chocolate shortage? A tea shortage? Coke or Pepsi shortage? Sugar shortage? What can't you live without? Well, today we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 3, and you may have noticed it opens with a famine of the word of God. Which kind of trumps everything else, doesn't it? It's bad enough if a family member or a friend doesn't talk to you or ring you. But what about when the God of the universe, who made you and who knows you and who knows what's best for your life, stops speaking to you? Where else do you turn for direction? Have a look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Now, you may remember over the last few weeks, we've been thinking about 1 Samuel. And it is set just at the end of the book of Judges, where the Israelites are out of control in a downward spiral of sin. And last week we saw that that spiral of sin has even spread to the priests themselves who were corrupt. Here we find out God is not even speaking to them anymore. Now this is one of God's worst judgments. He does this from time to time. In the book of Amos it talks about a famine of hearing the word of God. In the book of Romans, in the New Testament, it talks about God handing people over to their sin. God simply stops warning people and he lets them do what they want. He gives them a taste of life when they reject him. And if the end of Judges is anything to go by, it's a disaster. The last verse in the book of Judges, In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. And here in 1 Samuel 3, one, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Now, against that backdrop, we've been getting to know this young boy, Samuel. And there seems to be some hope, some light, doesn't there? Back in chapter 1, Hannah, who was barren, had a baby called Samuel. And Samuel has been growing up in the temple under Eli. Now, why has this miraculous baby boy been born? I suggested two weeks ago that he hasn't been born to be king. And last week we saw that he hasn't been born to be a priest. So why has Samuel been born? Well, today we get to find out. Because in today's chapter, the drought is over and God is about to speak. And God will speak to this young boy Samuel. And it actually turns out to have some great lessons for us about how God speaks but firstly let's think about Samuel God speaks to Samuel here in verse 4 and to begin with it's a it's a fun little read isn't it Samuel doesn't recognize that it's God verse 4 then the Lord called Samuel Samuel answered here I am and he ran to Eli and said here I am you called me and Eli said I did not call go back and lie down So he went and lay down. And then, you know, exactly the same thing happens again. You heard it in the reading. Samuel thinks it's Eli calling him. Eli sends him back to bed again. And then in verse 7, we find out why it is that Samuel isn't actually recognizing the voice of God. Verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. See, Samuel has been raised in the temple by the priest, but he doesn't know God yet. He's been learning about God, he's been learning the ways of God, but he doesn't know God. Because you can only know God through his word and God hasn't been speaking. It happens again in verse 9. God calls Samuel again. This time, Eli tweaks to what's going on. This time, Eli tells Samuel something different. Did you notice it? Verse 9. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Now, I think up to this point, it is a great little story. It's got everything for a good kid's story, doesn't it? It's one of the favourites in Sunday school. It's got the cute little boy with his homemade um, gown that his mum made for him. It's got the tension of him mistaking God for Eli. And three times there's all the suspense of, will Samuel actually work out that it's God speaking? Have you ever wondered why this is all here? Why all this uh, big build-up? Is it just for a good kid's story? Why does the writer of 1 Samuel put this in? Because as this goes on and on, I'm sort of sitting here as a reader thinking, get on with it, you know, I want to hear God speak to Samuel. What's God going to say? We've had a drought of the word of God. See, Israel have been waiting so long for God to speak, and I think it's almost as if we as readers are now on the edge of our seats too, waiting to hear, what will God say? When the drought breaks, what will God say? Well, in the next verse we find out which I think makes it such a tragedy that most of the kids' Bibles that we have in our house anyway actually stop the story at the end of verse 10. Now, I'm serious. They leave the most important part out. Look at this one here. God came and called like the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And God was with Samuel as he grew up. Saul made king. So all the anticipation of God about to speak after the big drought and what does God say? We don't find out. Surely the point of God speaking is to listen to what he says. Now look, in one sense I get it. I get why they might leave it out of a kid's Bible because what God will go on to say is not real comfortable. It's not the kind of message that we like to hear. In fact, Samuel is even a bit afraid to hand this message on when he gets it. But is this what we want to teach our kids? We listen to the nice bits from God's word and we ignore the bits that we don't want to hear. We can just sort of write them out. What's even worse than this being left out of the kids' Bible, though, is this is how some adults treat this part of the Bible. They stop right here and they draw a lesson about how to hear the voice of God. Which means they miss the whole point, which is listening to what God actually says. Do you see how tragic that is? That would be like going to a course on Beethoven music and never actually listening to any of his music. It would be like uh, listening to the football report on ABC Grandstand, but they don't actually tell you any of the scores. It would be like going to a nice restaurant with your... Girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife or flatmate or mum or dad and you're getting all excited about the restaurant but you don't actually eat any of the food. How can you get excited about God speaking but not actually want to listen to what he says? What does he say? I hope you're on the edge of your seat. Let's have a look. Verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, see... I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. It turns out this is not going to be a nice word. This message is going to make the hairs on the back of your neck stand on end. It's going to make your ears tingle. Verse 12, at that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Now, there's not a message that you could hear much worse than that, Your sin, or Eli's sin, will never be atoned for. Now last week we saw that God wants to forgive his people. Last week we saw that the uh, system of sacrifices was so that sin could be atoned for, paid for. If our sin can't be dealt with, we are under the judgment of God. There could not be a worse message to hear than your sin will never be atoned for. I can see why they might want to leave that out of the kids' Bibles. Although that's a message I want my kids to hear. Samuel himself, the little Samuel, is so scared by what he hears. He doesn't want to tell Eli. Look at verse 15. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And now we're introduced to even another tension... Will Samuel actually pass this message on? God has spoken, but will anyone else hear it? Will Samuel hold it into himself or pass it on? Well, verse 16, he passes it on. Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely. If you hide from me anything, he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. So God's word comes to Eli. Samuel delivers the entire message. He hides nothing from him. And it's as if in that Samuel has now proved himself as a reliable messenger from God because now Samuel becomes God's mouthpiece to all of Israel. The drought now breaks for all of Israel. Samuel now becomes a prophet of God. That's how the chapter ends. Samuel now brings God's word to all the nation of Israel. Look at verse 19. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of his words fall to the ground and all Israel... From Dan to Beersheba, recognised that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. That's what God had in store for Samuel. What's that got to do with us, though? For some people, 1 Samuel 3 becomes a lesson about how to hear the voice of God. You know, sit by your bed, speak God, I'm listening as if they're some kind of magical word, learning to discern the voice of God from the other voices around us, how to be open to the voice of God. In other words, they use this as a lesson as if Samuel is a role model, as if this is normal. Now, the problem is, this is not normal. Samuel is very special. He's unique. Out of all the Israelites, God has set this one-man Samuel aside to be different. He was born to a barren mother. He was raised in the temple and now it says God is attesting Samuel. He is setting him aside in front of all Israel as someone special to be a prophet. The whole point is that Samuel is different to the rest of the nation of Israel. He is now God's prophet to the nation of Israel. Look at verse 20. All of Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. So God speaks to Samuel. That is unique. How does the average Joe Blow Israelite listen to God? How does Mary, the everyday Israelite, hear God speak? Do they sit on their bed and say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening? No. They hear God speaking by going and listening to Samuel. That's what it says in verse 21. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word, And Samuel's word came to all Israel. See, Samuel has become God's mouthpiece to the nation. The drought has broken. God has opened up the floodgates, and through his prophet, he is now speaking to the whole nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is not in the dark anymore. They now know what God wants them to do and they can know God. And look, as great as that is for the nation of Israel, the even greater news for us today is that we have God speaking to us. We're not in the dark either. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Hebrews tells us how it is that God speaks to us today. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. Got it there? Great little passage. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. In the past... God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Now that's true, isn't it? In the past, God did speak through the prophets in all kinds of ways. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Daniel through putting writing on the wall. He spoke to Balaam through a donkey and he spoke to the young boy Samuel as he was going to sleep. I wonder how he speaks to us today. See if you can spot it. Hebrews 1, one. in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. In these last days, we have the privilege of being spoken to not through just a human messenger, but by God's own son. God has spoken his final and complete word through Jesus. When Jesus was on the mountain with Peter, James and John, and God spoke from heaven, what did he say? This is my son who I love. Listen to him. That's why we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We have the words and the works of Jesus. We have the word of God living and speaking and showing us what God is like. And then we have the rest of the New Testament helping us to understand who Jesus is and what it is he has to say to us and what it means for our lives. Peter says, you will do well to pay attention to it. James says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and forgets what he looks like. But the person who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. I love where James ends up there. Listening to the word of God brings freedom. Living under the word of God brings great blessing because it's through the word of God that we know God. Listening to God's word, opening God's word, letting God's word saturate your life. You find out it's not just a list of do's and don'ts. It's not just a self-help manual for when life is on the wrong track. Through God's word, we get to know him. Which is what one Samuel said. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Through God's word, we get to know him. We can come into relationship with the God who made us. Put that together with what we learned last week and this is wonderful last week we were thinking about how god invites us into his presence through prayer god invites us to come and bring our burdens to him through our priest jesus who's interceding for us and this week we see that god invites us to know him through his word god has spoken And yes, that's exciting. But what's more exciting is that through his speaking, he is inviting us to deep relationship with him. Through his word, he is inviting us to know his love. He's inviting us to know his faithfulness in all of life's ups and downs. Through his word, he is inviting us to be comforted by him, when life is dark, when life is hard, he is inviting us to hear him encouraging us. He is inviting us to be looking forward to being with him in the new creation. He's inviting us to know what he's like. He's inviting us to learn to delight what he delights in and to hate what he hates and to love what he loves. He's inviting us to be so full of God's word ourselves that it's overflowing into the lives of others so that together we get to know Him better. That's exciting. You wouldn't want to miss out on that, would you? We have a flood of the word of God today. Are you listening? Are you listening? Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you speak into this dark world. But Father, even more exciting, thank you that in your speaking, you are revealing yourself to us and you are inviting us to know you. Father, as we read your word, as we read about who you are, about your mercy, about your grace, about your son, the Lord Jesus. Father, help us to delight in you, to know you even more. And Father, thank you that you promise blessing to us through your word. Amen.